0: This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 10th of May, Saturday. Auntie Millie is settled in Fairy Hill. She has a room of her own with a view of the woods. And they all seem very nice there. The doctor in charge wanted to do an assessment when she arrived. He had received a letter from the matron of Lady Mary saying, amongst other things, that great aunt millie's periods of lucidity were getting few and far between and he wanted to check it out for himself apparently one common test is to ask the patient the name of the current prime minister auntie millie replied boris bloody johnson doctor was impressed both with auntie millie's lucidity and her perceptiveness he thinks she will settle in quickly I saw Adam briefly when I got in after taking Mam home. He was on his way out but stopped long enough to tell me Pippa had called, which reminded me that it's nearly Luke's birthday. I asked Adam what he thought Luke might like for a present. I might as well have asked Auntie Millie for all the use he was. I also mentioned that I was surprised Luke wasn't having a party. Adam was already outside the door when I said that but I'm fairly sure he said in reply, here he is, see you in the morning. I must have misheard him. Pippa would not be having a party and not inviting me, unless it's a teenager-only party. But we all went to Helens, grandparents, cousins, everyone. Pippa's mother led us in the birdie dance. Hmm, Perhaps that's why Pippa's decided to make it teenagers only. 11th of May. Pippa has just left. I cannot believe she said what she said. They've invited Brian to Luke's party. Luke has always got on well with Brian ever since he and Adam were little, and Brian used to take them to football on Saturday mornings. You do understand, don't you? Of course I understand, I thought. You'd rather have a lying, cheating ratbag at your party than one of your best and most misused friends. I took a deep breath. "'I understand completely, and there's no need to worry. "'I won't cause a fuss. "'Now you've warned me, I'll be prepared. "'Brian and I have to learn to get on for the sake of the children. "'I haven't seen him for a while. Um, "'Not since the incident with the saucepan, in fact, "'but I'm much more accepting these days. "'So don't worry. "'When I see Brian at the party, I will be perfectly polite. (laughs) "'Of course, if you were inviting the bimbo, that would be a different story.' Um, well, actually, Alison, you haven't. We couldn't very well not. It would have seemed rude. Seemed rude? Did she think about whether it seemed rude to steal my husband? Did she consult her book of etiquette and say, Oh, no, Brian, I mustn't. You're a married man. I'm sure she didn't plan it like that. Gina is very pleasant when you get to know her. Pippa's voice trailed off you've met her then they called in to say thank you for the invitation so they're definitely going to be at the party yes look Alison I know it'll be difficult for you if you'd rather not come we will understand you're afraid I might create a scene is that it no not at all I'm just thinking of you and how you might feel seeing them together enjoying themselves together Pippa left soon after that Later. I've decided I will not go to the party. Even later. But why shouldn't I? I won't be stopped by Brian and the bimbo. And later still. No, I can't face them together. I'll tell Pippa no. Getting ridiculously late. I am woman, I am me. I will go. Way past my bedtime. And I'm not in a fit state to make a decision about the party. I will decide after a good night's sleep. In bed, unable to sleep. Now, if I had a man to go with, it would be different. I'm sure I remember Bev saying that Simon had a friend who was recently divorced. I'll have to ask her. 12th of May. I explained the situation to Bev. I told Pippa she should have told you sooner. It's not fair springing it on you at the last moment like that. You knew then? Yes, Pippa told me ages ago. She was worried how you'd take it. I'm fine about it, really I am. It just came as a shock, that's all. So you're going to go to the party? Mm, That sort of depends on you. Me? How? Didn't you say that Simon had a friend who was recently divorced? A friend? I don't think so. Yes, you did, I'm sure. It's somebody he works with. Oh, Antony. "'Yeah, that's it. I remember his name now. Nah, "'Anthony's not really a friend of Simon's. He's just a colleague. "'But does Simon know him well enough to ask if he'd like to go to a party with me?' "'Anthony?' "'Oh, no, Alice. You wouldn't want to take Anthony to the party with you.' "'Why not?' "'Well, he's... you just wouldn't. Take my word for it. Is it.' the ugly younger brother of the hunchback of Notre Dame?' "'No.' "'Does he smell of rancid cheese or scratch himself in public?' "'No.' "'What's the matter with him, then?' "'He's just a bit boring.' "'That doesn't matter. He won't have to speak to anyone, "'as long as he's half-presentable. "'I just don't want Brian and the bimbo to see me at the party "'looking like a lowly reject. "'Please ask Simon to ask him, "'unless you have any better suggestions.' "'After running through the milkman,' "'I've never seen him, so that could be risky. "'The postman, who was at least 73, and surly. "'And briefly, the dustbin man, Bev asked, "'Isn't there anyone you've met through work you could invite?' "'For some inexplicable reason, "'the name David Davis flitted into my mind. "'I swatted it straight back out and said, "'No. Okay, it was only a suggestion. "'No need to snap at me. "'Sorry, but there's this man.' I've only ever spoken to him on the phone and he is obnoxious. But he has a gorgeous voice. And you fancy him? Don't be ridiculous, I haven't even met him. And as I said, he is a complete pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shut up. Just ask Simon for me, please. 13th of May, Tuesday. Simon has asked Antony and he will be delighted to go to the party with me. I phoned Pippa and told her. I can't think why she sounded surprised when I said I wanted to bring a guest. It's not as if I am totally devoid of charm. Brian found me attractive once upon a time, and I have been chatted up more than once since. Well, once actually, but it was by a man, even if he did look like the Duke of Edinburgh, only with less hair. The party is a week Saturday. That gives me eleven days to lose weight have my hair done and buy a fabulous outfit. No problem. I've just looked in the mirror. I have to add to list of things to do before the party, have facelift and grow nails. Better rule out facelift as it's probably too expensive, not to mention impractical. I suspect scars would not heal in time. So we'll have to search makeup counters for products to conceal drooping jowls, baggy eyes and furrowed brow. Meanwhile, I'll start the diet immediately. Oh, bother, just remembered. I had planned to watch Casablanca video again tonight, and I can't watch that without chocolate. I'll start the diet tomorrow. 14th of May, lunchtime. Cornflakes for breakfast, apple and banana for lunch. Diet is going well so far. I spent half an hour in the chemists browsing through their make-up. There is an enormous choice of creams to prevent reverse ageing process. I'm amazed at the selection. Unfortunately, I couldn't determine exactly what each promised as I forgot to take my glasses. You'd have thought that the manufacturers of these creams would have spotted the link between ageing and poor eyesight and labelled their jars appropriately. Perhaps I should only buy cream that has big writing on the jar as it shows the manufacturers have really thought about and catered for their customers. While browsing, I was pounced upon by a representative of one of the companies, a child of about 19. What can she possibly know about the ravages of time? I shall refuse to buy their products on principle. Evening. i had planned to cook low-fat chicken for tea, but forgot to take it out of the freezer this morning. After my lunchtime walk around town, I felt too weak and hungry to wait for it to defrost, so I sent Adam to the chip shop. I'll definitely start the diet properly tomorrow. 15th of May. Lunchtime. There was no fruit in the house, so I've had a small bag of crisps for lunch. There can't possibly be many calories in something that weighs so little and makes absolutely no impression on a rumbling tummy. Muriel cut an article on skin care for the over 50s out of yesterday's mail and brought it in for me. It says, I can look forward to thinning, drying skin, increased brown age spots, and sprouting hair. My chin already does a good impression of designer stubble if neglected for more than 2 days. I wonder if life is intended to be lived for longer than 50 years. Surely it passes its sell-by date. Like a bag of potatoes keep them too long and they shrink and go wrinkly. Only medical science is keeping us alive. Muriel heard me sigh and forced a bar of chocolate on me to cheer me up. Life never seems so bad when you've got chocolate. 16th of May, Friday. I've had a very good diet day today. Adam went out for a curry with friends, so I made myself a mushroom omelette for dinner. I still feel hungry, so that must be a sign the diet is working. It's very satisfying to feel in control of one's eating. I'll be down a dress size by next weekend, no problem. I think I may even have a Jane Fonda exercise record somewhere. Later. Oh dear. Oh dear. I shouldn't have exercised immediately after eating. I'm feeling slightly sick now. I also must remember to empty my bladder before doing star jumps. Having babies does nothing for muscle control. I think I'll have a nice restful bath and curl up in my nighty and watch comedy shows on the television. Later again. My nose is being assaulted by the smell of curry. Adam called in briefly on the way between restaurant and club to drop off the leftovers. It's very good of the restaurant to supply doggy bags and there seemed to be quite a lot of leftovers. Nearly bedtime. I was going to make myself a cup of tea and have a biscuit but I don't suppose it would hurt if I had just a spoonful or two of curry. It's probably less fattening than a biscuit anyhow. In bed. In bed. "'Oh, I really didn't intend to eat so much. "'I'm sure there's a secret ingredient in curry "'that makes it irresistible. "'It was only one little plateful, anyway, "'and I did have a very small dinner.' "'Early hours of the morning. "'Oh, I have a terrible pain in my stomach, "'and I can't remember which side the appendix is on. "'Brian had his removed. "'Think, what side was his scar? "'Right? No, left. "'Or was it my left?' Oh, I'm in too much pain to think straight. I'll have to crawl to the bathroom to see if we have any medicine. (gasps) But is it dangerous to take medicine if it is appendicitis? Oh, I can't remember that either. But I can stand this agony no longer. I will have to take a chance. There must be something in the bathroom cabinet. Back in bed. On my way to the bathroom, I bumped into Adam. Yo, Mum, all right? Do I look all right? Yeah, cool. Night, Mum. This confirms my belief that Adam has inherited Brian's sensitivity gene. I finally found some milk of magnesia in the cabinet, and more amazingly, a spoon as well. On my third attempt, I managed to unscrew the top and tip the bottle up. A sprinkling of white dust floated onto the spoon. I checked the sell-by date, January 97. I threw it in the bin. Rummaging further, I found a tin of Andrew's liver salts that has only passed its sell-by date by a year or so. I forced the lid off and peered inside. It looked OK, but I thought I'd better take an extra large dose in case it had lost some of its potency. I feel better already. Almost dawn. I've just made my 23rd trip to the loo. Do not think I will be going... Ten minutes later, will definitely not be going shopping for my party outfit today. <phone rings>